yo yo what's up welcome to content queens the podcast our first episode finally it's been like a year in the making literally a year in the making i got the idea i would probably say i've always thought about potentially doing a podcast but i got the eye specifically for the idea of content queens i would say maybe me and Vic met like for the first time, like in person at, where are we, where are we at? What year was that? Was that the beginning of last year? Or yeah, that was the beginning of 2019. Was it? Or 2018? Or the when end, we first, or, end, or the end of It was of like the summer. I remember it was the summer. It was a little hot. Was it? It had to be 2018. It was 2018. Yeah. So. Because when did you have that Goodwill event? That was last year, 2019. Yeah. So it right. was 2019. So it was 2019. Yeah. No, that wasn't. That was when we. No, remember when we ate at Peaches? We had lunch at oh, Peaches. That was 2018. 2018. So yeah. yeah, the thought was 2018. Okay. But did I present that idea to you then? Nah. No. It was like months later. It was months later. Yeah. So I had the idea um, to do a podcast 2018. Okay. And so what that looked like for me was just like, you know, it was an individual thing, just you know, giving back to our community, pulling up, talking about being an influencer, talking about being a content creator and just offering strict tips and strategies on how to do just that. I'm sorry, you guys, we are in New York City and it is giving. We're in Brooklyn. The ghetto, okay? (laughs) So if you hear any little noises, like we still got a a very cute, I'll say cute setup. (laughs) We're doing it on our own, you know. Um, But yeah, so I had the idea. It was just going to be, you know, me just giving tips and strategies because I was always thinking about how can I pull people up? How can I make this accessible to more people, specifically more black women? Because in this space, we are, you know, not really represented. We don't really, you know, just access in general. The This is something that is totally new. Influencer marketing, being an influencer. When we first started over 10 years ago, probably Mm -hmm. the term of being an influencer wasn't even a thing. It didn't exist. We didn't even call ourselves content creators. It was like a blogger blogger. fact or YouTuber. (laughs) Right. One or the other. That that was it. And this, these were hobbies that we were doing. So now it's a business, a billion dollar business. I was like, yo, we need in on this because nothing moves without black culture. We need to have a say. So we need a stamp of ownership in this influencer space. And so I was like, we got to do it. And so I was like, I don't want to do it myself. I want to, I need a co-host. We need to have a conversation. Who honestly can I see sitting across for me that can offer just the right amount of advice as me with the expertise, but having differing opinions because we come from two separate worlds or whatever. And I was just like, Vic, Vic is the only one. We've been in the game for pretty much the same amount of time. Um, We're in two, we're in like our spaces intersect some, but Generally, we do different things. We represent yeah. different things. and But we both, you know, are real and raw and authentic. And so I knew who I wanted. And so when I presented Vic, the idea was like, was it summer? Yeah, it was summer of 2019. Summer 2019. I feel like it was, I have like old notebooks of our meetings and stuff. <laughs> this is not, this wasn't even our original name. No. <laughs> We're not going to tell you because we might use it for something else. But, and she was just like with it. So yeah. like, how was that for you? It was dope. Honestly, like you are someone that I've admired in this space, just being a black woman and being on top of things um, and being different. You know, I feel like there's a lot of cookie cutter carbon copies of the same black girl. Mm -hmm. And you're not that. And I'm not that either. So when you approached me, I felt like it was perfect because like you, I also 
want to show and teach and educate other black women about how to do this, like how to make money from your living room, yep. just being yourself. And you know, I already teach a course and I have a mentorship program. Plug. And so plug right, that. Plug that. <laughs> <laughs> and I've been teaching both of them for over three years now. So when you came to me with this, I was like, oh, this is basically just a free extension of that because there's only so much that you can teach someone in an hour versus an hour once a week. I'm like, we could cover everything. Right, right, right. It was perfect. It was seamless and organic. So what I think is really dope about this podcast and about the fact that we're even doing content queens is that, like you said, this is unmarked territory. This is all so new. And I know when I started out, even now, there's so much about this industry that I just don't know. Terms, um, you know, practices, the culture of the industry, um, what's acceptable, what's unacceptable. Those are things that you can't Google, you know, unless you've done this, unless you've been in this industry, you have no idea. There's nowhere to find some of these things. Um, and so Content Queens is sort of a menagerie of all of that, you know, branding, aesthetic, photography, tech, money, finances, contracts, the legal stuff, everything that it takes to create content in this day and age, we're going to be covering. Yep. And that's pretty much what you guys can expect. Like we went through all of that and we didn't really give people a, a, a intro of who we are. Like we, we assume that you guys know who we are, but my name is Kia. I'm a content creator and influencer from Brooklyn, Brooklyn way y'all at y'all always in the building. I see y'all. Okay. And you're here. We're present. And um, so I create content in the fashion space with a focus on sustainability and sneakers. Yeah. And I'm Vic Styles. I am a content creator. Um, I focus mostly on wellness, beauty, clean beauty specifically, um, and fashion too. Like Kia said, mostly sustainable fashion. Um, we got to keep this earth that we're on. I like it here. I know. I do too. Like, <laughs> and, and the thing is, like, why I love the sustainability space is because black people, we have always been about that sustainability life. And we might not have called it that, um, but we're super resourceful. Like, even, like, you know, saving the margarine containers. I was just thinking that. <laughs> or those little cookie containers. Yes. Girl, I always thought it was cookies in there at my grandma's house. Sewing. Sewing. Sewing, sh sewing shit. Bruh. So, yeah, we always been super resourceful and um, about just that recycling and things. And, you know, even our affinity for plastic grocery bags and how we save those things. Girl, okay. <laughs> what have you used a plastic grocery bag for? I've used it for deep conditioning my hair. Girl, all the time. I've used it for the bathroom trash cans. <laughs> Same. Anything. I even wrap, like if I don't have any saran wrap, I will just throw the plate in there and wrap wrap my food with a plastic grocery bag up like that's to go plate like everything everything so it's awesome to see more black women in this space and not just in um one area specifically when it comes to sustainability because we love fashion we love it so what does that look like in a with a sustainable approach so my thing is just showing people more ways to just style their things i was really heavily into diy that's how, how i actually got into the game but yeah, just, you know, just showing people how to just be more creative with their wardrobe is what I'm all about, because I'm not telling you to stop shopping at Zara, but just maybe think about it a little more before, you, you know, Zara come out with a new collection every week. It'd be bomb, though. Uh, I don't know. But it's hard for me to say no. 
Yeah, it's like uh, I cleaned out my closet the last time. And I was like, it's so much fast fashion, so much Zara with tags still on it. I went to Kia's house last week and I borrowed some boots. They're the same size shoe, and they still had the tag on. I was like, wow, when'd you get these? They were like a year or two years old Facts. with the tag on, <laughs> never worn. <laughs> Vic actually broke them in for me. Thank you. <laughs> so yeah, that's who we are. And collectively, we are just two OGs in this game. OG. About to drop some knowledge. About to drop it. But yeah, let's just get into some hot topics. All right? Let's do it. So of course, Apple, you know, they're dropping a new iPhone. iPhone Always. 12. You know, I'm not even going to get into the specifics of it, but they're coming out with an iPhone mini, regular iPhone, another iphone iphone max or whatever but copper drop i just got the 11 <laughs> <laughs> i mean damn can i have the phone for no, a year you cannot like they they are if they're not going to do anything else they're going to put some products in front of you i think i'm 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 not gonna cop it not yet okay i'm i'm definitely copying one thing about me i have to be up on the latest and the greatest when it comes to technology not even just for the fact that this is what we do for our business we need the best of the best yeah a lot of our content mine specifically i take with my iphone and okay. so i need her to do her thing and then just my current phone the iphone what i have the iphone 11 max it's just doing uh, it's doing too much it, i feel like it's refurbished because earlier in quarantine matter of fact the day before new york shut down i dropped my phone and shattered the screen so i went with, uh, like a month without having a phone with a screen and I couldn't do no videos like front facing or the other camera. What? Yeah. And so I ended up getting a new phone eventually, but I feel like it's a refurbished, refurbished, <laughs> refurbished. Cause that's what, that's what it's giving. It's giving like refurbished and it's just not. Oh, you need a new yeah, phone. I need a new phone. My shit works fine. Um, and then I have like a lot of photos. Like how many photos you got? Let me look. Let's let's do this. Let's I'm do always this. embarrassed. Photos and emails. I'm embarrassed to tell people. Okay, let's see. Who y'all think got more photos? Me or Kia? I feel like Kia got more. Oh. Okay. Fifty one thousand six hundred and eighty five. This is embarrassing. A hundred and two thousand six hundred and eleven. What the fuck you be taking pictures of? Everything. <laughs> Yo, I'd probably take like 5,000 pictures just to get the perfect selfie. And then I also have it, um, like it's connected to my iCloud. No. So I've, I had I have photos, like my oldest photo. Let's see what it's, where it's at. But my oldest photo is probably the, from my first iPhone. So oh, like okay, no. See, 2013 mine. or something like that. No, mine stops at like 2017. Yeah, mine is from all the way from 2013. I don't know why. And that's the thing. Like, I don't know why all these photos are here. I don't need it. Just stay on the cloud because then when it's time for me to to use photos to post on Instagram or even videos for Insta stories, they don't load. No, they don't. They don't. And so it's just like, why are you here, girl? I don't need you. Go away. So I have to figure out how to make sure, like, um, on my new phone, iPhone 12, I haven't ordered it yet, but we'll get into that later, hopefully sometime this weekend or whatever. But I just want when I get this new phone that we just have this year, this past year on there and, and not all that, not all stuff. that other stuff. Cause it's, it's aggravating. Like when I need something, I need something. Thank God I have like an iPad. So if I need an old photo, I can, it'll download, but okay. I don't know why it's not downloading on my current phone. I feel like it will. It's just, it just takes forever. Does it have that little pinwheel? No, thing? it says cannot oh. load photo like, or something like that. Oh, yeah, you just need a new... That's weird. Yeah, Mine it's, doesn't do it's that. it's doing too much. So she has to go and, yeah. 
Well, see, I'm going to wait till you get it. And then when we're together, I'm going to see what your pictures look like versus what mine look like. That's why I got the 11. Because I kept seeing people's pictures and I was like, what phone is that? Oh, I need that. FOMO for I real. I think I was still at the like the 8 or the 7 or something. Right. Influence the influencers for real. <laughs> <laughs> so what's some new products that you tried out recently? Okay, let's see. Um, I just got a new haircut. It's my okay. first time getting a haircut in like over a year. Even my ends trimmed. Nice. So I went to Rizzo Salon. They have like their own special way of cutting curly hair, textured hair. Everybody has the Rizzo their cut. special way. What's I actually, re- I liked it. Compared to the Diva Cut, because you had a Diva Cut, right? I had a Diva Cut. So um, compared to I, the Diva. I like it much better than a Diva Cut. What's different? Yeah. So with Diva Cut, you go in dry. You go in dry with Rizzo Cut also. Diva Cut, you go in dry, and they cut your hair as soon as you get there with it being dry. With Rizzo, yeah, yeah, yeah. With Rizzo, you come in dry so they can kind of see what your hair looks like. Um, But then they wash and condition you, set your hair, and then they cut it after they've set all the curly products on it. They do this so that they can see where your curls naturally fall, Mm -hmm. which I really liked. Because Diva Curl... Yeah, your hair looks... It looks... You definitely needed that cut or trim because your your curls are much tighter. Yeah. And it's more luxurious. Like, my hair looks thicker and healthier. I loved it so much. What Um, do you think um, caused, like, some of the damage? braids yeah you honestly. love you love a protective style why why what's going on you know what you know what happened remember i mean that, I, there's nothing wrong with it but I'm but sure i cut my remember when something. i cut my hair yes three years ago mm-hmm. i cut it all off y'all like put it up in ponytail and just buzzed it off with some clippers she was and dramatic. when it's i was i was very dramatic when it started growing back i was so used to having long hair i didn't know what to do with short hair so as soon as it got long enough to put in braids, I was like, oh, shit, let me just put it in braids. Right. And I just kept that going for three years. Took the braids out. My curl pattern is not the same. It's dry. My ends are broken off. And she was like, you, you need to stop wearing braids and we need to cut all of this. And I said, go for How it. How much did you think she cut off? Uh, my hair was here. It's like here now. Wait, I so say it was like, blow dried when you walked? When no, you no, no. In? It wasn't blow dried, but I, I had pulled it out, out to stretch it. Gotcha. Um, I want to say like five and a half inches. Lots of hair. I don't wow. care. It's just hair. I know. Grow back. Hair. Yeah. And she was nervous. She was like, well, at first she didn't cut enough. And I looked and I said, no, 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 baby. All these ends, these have to go. Bye, girl. <laughs> we need to- Bye to all this negativity. And she okay? said, okay, you're right. Most times when curly girls come in here, they don't want you to cut. They want you to save as much length as possible. We got to get out of that. What's our obsession with length? Especially, I, okay, we know, we know. Black women in hair, we, it, when, it it's comes to hair, when it comes to beauty in general, we are the leading consumers when it comes to beauty specifically our hair like what is it about black women and our hair stop looking at my hands Vic. i talk with my hands and every time you look at me with talking with my hands you distract me kia is so passionate i'm y'all. so passionate and i talk a lot with my hands and Vic is just staring looking at my hands like and it's telling me stop talking with your hands but it's just like this is how i communicate thank you <laughs> but yeah what is it about black women and our in our obsession with length I think that it's a deep rooted issue. I think that for so long we've been told that, or even shown through through media and, and what, what have you, that long hair is equal to, or is synonymous with femininity mm-hmm. and beauty. Right, and not just any beauty, Eurocentric exactly. beauty. <laughs> exactly, and so I, th- I think that standard is what we're trying to achieve. Even when our hair shrinks up, most people hate shrinkage. Even though shrinkage is a sign of healthy hair, yep. we don't like it because it makes our hair shorter. Definitely, definitely. And uh, I think that's that's why we do what we do, right? That's why yeah. we, we show our natural hair. And that's why, 
well, me specifically, I can speak from my standpoint. It's like, I just love my natural hair and I know the connection that I make with other black women or that if they see me rocking my natural hair or my wash and go, or whatever it is, they're going to be more comfortable rock theirs as well. And, um, yeah, I didn't see anybody with natural hair growing up. Nobody around me really had natural hair. I would probably say the first person that I identified with natural hair was probably free from 106 and park loved free. Her hair was amazing. Yes. But it's still me and me and hair. I always had like a weird relationship with hair. You know, I stayed in the salon every two weeks getting the wash and set, but I also played sports and I also got relaxers. And so hair for me was kind of like a burden. It was something I mm. had to do. It was always in the way. Like yeah. it would sweat. It would sweat out. Like I liked, I would like being active. I like going to the pool. Yeah. I love, I love those things. And just did you hit. play basketball? I played basketball. Yeah. I ran track. I was on the swim team. Like I did, I did everything. And hair was always looking crazy <laughs> because <laughs> it's just the chlorine and relaxers didn't work. No. And so I remember I was 13 years old and I used to rock bangs. I was 13 years old, went to the hairdresser. My hair was severely damaged. And so Sadie, who was my hairdresser at the time, she was like, we got to cu cut all this off. And she literally started from my bangs and just gave Ooh. me this bowl cut, right? I'm 13 years old with a 21-year-old haircut. No! I, it was the worst. I was already super awkward because I've been this height since probably like middle school. Kia, me too. Really? I've been the same height since eighth grade. So with my little bowl cut, I really like a little boy. And so I was like, I used to hunch. Oh, I had horrible posture. My posture is not even that that great right now. But I would like hunch over and just so I can like meet everybody at their height. You know, even oh. the boys. Like it was just like it was a mess. Like I was like I wouldn't say an ugly duckling, but I really didn't gr grow into like my looks or like who I was until probably like ninth grade. I got to high school and I saw all the guys were taller and they were they was feeling the girl. My hair done grew back at this point and it's healthy at this point. And so you know I started to stand taller. I was like Dang. okay. <laughs> But yeah, we have a, a history with our hair. And I just want, regardless of what you want to do with your hair, whether it's relaxed, natural, wigs, weaves, braids, whatever, I just want black women to feel comfortable. And I want society to stop policing black women's hair. I just want us to do what we want to do with our hair without every little single thing we do scrutinized. Exactly. Exactly. Because for a long time, the way that it even grew out was offensive. Yep. Yeah. And me and my natural hair is not a political statement. It is not something to be revolutionized. I mean, I do think in the beginning, a lot of us went natural to like stick it to the man. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was that was a whole thing in yeah. the 70s. I'm sure you've seen that clip of Kathleen Cleaver. Mm -hmm. She's like, I mean, we, we wear our hair like this because this is how it grows, my brother. Right. <laughs> I like that. But I feel like now it's like it's, it's a preference and natural isn't for everyone. Like it, it's, it's a lifestyle thing. Like think about how much time we spend doing our hair. And for me, like I finally, like I've been natural, fully natural since 2013. And I'm finally at a point where I know what products work. I know my styles and wash day is not a five hour or even all day thing. It I can get in and out in a few hours and I'm good. But yeah, it, that's what seven years for me. It's a journey. I think that when people call it a natural hair journey, that journey part doesn't necessarily always stick. Right. But it is it because is. products are different. Techniques are different. There's so many different things that are coming out every year, every couple months that didn't exist seven years ago, two years ago. Yep. You know, I've been natural my whole life. 
Wow. Never had a relaxer ever. Uh, that, listen, I wanted one. <laughs> Badly. Badly. So do you look back and like thank your mother for not giving it to you? Sometimes, or you wanted to experience I that? I mean, I was 16 with two braids down to my butt because I was tenderheaded. So I wasn't, there was no like real flat iron out back then for mm -hmm. us. It was like you get a hot comb right. or you get these two braids. Oh. And I opted for the two braids. Meanwhile, everybody else is 16 has this just for me. Their hair is like flowing and curled. And I got these two dookie braids. Um, and when I was 16, that's when I started flat ironing my hair. Um, I still didn't get a relaxer, but I severely damaged it because I was flat ironing that thing every day. I mean, you get in the shower, it's frizzy again. You got to flat iron it again. So I think I was like 18 or 19. I got on YouTube and I saw Taryn Guy. Mm -hmm. Lighting was horrible. I think she was filming on her MacBook camera, <laughs> but no, her man. hair was so beautiful. And I was like, damn, my hair looks like that, or it used to. Mm -hmm. So I got in the shower, washed it straight. Went to the hair salon. The dude told me I will never forget. He was like, oh, girl, he's this little black gay dude. He said, girl, you just need to go to CVS and buy all the curly products. John Frieda. <laughs> Free to curly and use that and your curls will bounce back honey i went to walgreens and spent like 200 dollars. my curls did not bounce back i had to cut all of it off just to get it to grow back um and since then i've done three big chops just for emotional reasons or boredom whatever you whatever yeah i i'm not about that big chop life i definitely transitioned because i kind of like went natural by accident i was really inter interested in getting color and so I knew I couldn't get color and have a relaxer at the same time. So I was like, you know, I'm going to grow my relaxer out. And then I also realized that I can get my hair just as straight without the relaxer. So I went to get, I was like relaxer free for maybe like six, six months. Went to go get some color and I wanted like a blonde. My hair ended up coming out like so many different colors, purple, orange, yellow. He was processing my hair all day. Come to find out me going to the Dominicans, I would get like a rinse, like a blue, black rinse. Come to find out they were actually putting permanent color in my hair <gasps> and him being the, the expert didn't understand, didn't know that. And so that's why it was taking forever for my hair to get oh. processed. And it was coming out so many different, like at one point it was green. So then he had to put another color on and neutralize that. And then it came out orange. So then by the time I ended, Linda left the salon, I had the rainbow hair. No. And so I just, it was, it was, it was whatever for that giving moment. But then my hair slowly started to just fall out. And so then I started to, you do like, uh, what did I do? I did a sew in. And so I did the sewing and then like later on that year is when I broke my ankle. And so I was like watching YouTube videos all day and I ended up learning how to do like three, fourth wigs and things like that. So I, from Peak Mill, shout out to Peak Mill, OG. And yeah, I learned how to do three, fourth wigs and I just kept my hair in wigs and weaves, started my YouTube channel, you know, still with the, the three, fourth wig or whatever. And then I took it out. And while I was like going through this process of watching these videos when I was on bed rest, which is a long story. I've told it so many times, but one day I'll tell the whole story again. I discovered these women that were going natural. I didn't even know what that was. Like what is going natural? And right. they were transitioning and I would just watch their videos all day. And I'm just like, Oh, this is amazing. Like I'm going to do this. I can't wait to take this out. Cause I'm gonna do a twist out. Yada, yada, yada. So then I would start experimenting with my natural hair just because these women on YouTube were doing it. And so I would, my go-to style was a perm rod set. And so I would, take my weave out. I would blow dry my hair and do like a little perm rod set. And so people on the internet, on YouTube would start asking about my hair. Like, 
oh, can you do a hair tutorial? And I'm like, I'm here for DIY. I'm here <laughs> to give you girls fashion and DIY. But okay. So then I started doing, making hair tutorials. And that kind of like took, that's what really catapulted my channel was the natural hair videos. Because I'm transitioning just like the women who are watching my videos are transitioning. So it's like I'm learning, they're learning, we're sharing, and sharing is caring. Yeah. And so, yeah, that was like an amazing experience for me because I it really took me going through that to like fall in love with my hair. Because as I mentioned, I had a, a different relationship with my hair. It was just a burden. It was something that had to be done. It was something that was in the way. It was something that would get sweated out. It was something that had to get cut because it was damaged. So I had a very unhealthy relationship with my hair and I didn't realize it until I started going natural. So I, during this process is when I'm like falling in love with my natural hair and reminds me of Kat Graham. Did you see her like her Vogue thing? Was it Vogue? Where she would like she got teary eyed because she was because she's going natural and this is the first time she's ever seen her hair natural. Oh wow, no, I haven't yeah, seen that. and it was like it, I connected with that so much because it's just like wow, we cover our hair so much, you know, we we're pressing it, we're putting relaxers in it, we're wigging it, we're weaving it, and we don't honestly know what it looks like because society or whoever is telling us that it's not pretty, it's unkept, yep. it's unprofessional, and I just love 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 that <laughs> i do too I we do got too. we this is the podcast about natural hair right i was just thinking that i'm like shit maybe we need a spinoff we could talk about this all day but like this podcast is about it's about us of course we yeah. are the host so i i feel like it's an extension of us our interests but we will get into the meat and the potatoes of course later on in this episode but yeah back to your story you were getting your rizzo cut okay got my rizzo cut um so that is my that's my hot for this week i love so hot or not? Hot. I love hot. the cut. Cool, cool, cool. For me, I would say I went to, I experienced vegan food for the first time this week. Yay. I went to Urban Vegan Kitchen, which is actually like part black owned, I believe. I know one of the owners, Sam. And I had, what did I have? I had the uh, Brussels sprouts. I had like a caramelized something on it with some pecan, no walnuts. That sounds good. I had the mac and cheese which with vegan cheese was like cashew cheese. That was fire. That is awesome. definitely the hot. Um, then I also had their chicken and waffles. So the chicken is made, the fake chicken is made with seitan, which is like a gluten or something, some type of wheat. Yeah, it's like a wheat. Um, it's bland. It has no taste, no flavor really, okay. unless you season it season a certain it. way. Yeah. And then the waffle was like a gluten-free in-house waffle. So I would say... Mm, they said people come far and wide for their chicken and waffles, but chicken and waffles is my favorite, one of my favorite dishes. And so I would say not to the chicken and waffles for me, at least personally. Because you eat chicken. Because I, I still eat chicken, yeah. yes. But the mac and cheese, because I don't eat dairy, was so good. Okay. I, I'm, I'll travel far and wide for that mac and cheese. And then also the Brussels sprouts were amazing. So that's hot. So the hot was the Brussels sprouts and the mac and cheese. The not, I would say, is the just seitan. Like, ugh. Just no. It, I mean... <laughs> I'll try it again. I'll make it for you one day. I'll try it again. Okay, thank you. Yeah. I'll, I'll take that. I'll definitely take food. Anything else you tried this week that you're loving? Um, so Ilia Makeup is like this clean beauty, natural makeup brand. Mm -hmm. um, and I am actually wearing their concealer and tint and moisturizer. Obsessed. Oh, love it. What, you what, can't what color did you tell. get? Oh, man. I don't know. Yeah, her, uh, it's giving skin. You can't tell that I have on makeup at all. I love this stuff. Love yeah, it. It's cute. And my not of the week, I hate to do this to her. I hate, we talk about her all the time. I hate to do this to her. But Fenty Beauty sent me 
their moisturizer. They ain't saying you nothing no more. No, not after that. Please. Well, that's okay. I did not like it. <laughs> so don't send it. <laughs> they came out with a moisturizer uh, for their skincare line and they sent it. I tried it once and I hate it. What, do you, what don't you like about it? It has fragrance in it. Mm-hmm. It really wasn't that moisturizing. I tried it at night and mm-hmm. when I woke up the next day, my skin was actually kind of dry. Normally, when I wake up in the mornings, my skin is a little bit oily. Mm -hmm. So I felt like the fragrance and whatever else was in it dried my skin out. Not a fan. But do you generally only use clean beauty products? I do generally only use clean beauty products. But I wanted to try it. It's Rihanna. Yeah. I I wanted to give it a shot. But it's a no for me. It's a no. It's a no, Doc. Sorry. Um, I would say my hot of the week, another hot of the week that I tried recently, I got a PCA pill with Laser Genesis and the skin is giving skin, but I also had like a really, really bad breakout. It started like maybe two weeks ago. And so I'm thinking that was like the purging mm. of the peel or not. But I have another one scheduled like in like a couple of weeks. So I'll know for sure if she's hot or not, because I don't want to have to deal with purging each and every time. But you want to, you want to get that all out. No. So then you don't have to deal with it again. That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't, is it this going to happen every single time? True. True. But that at the same time, I also was traveling. I was trying a, a lot of products. I was dealing with stress. We're in a freaking pandemic. So that could have that been mask. attributed to the mask as well. That could have also attributed or I could have ate something while traveling because I gave up dairy because of how it affected my skin. So maybe I accidentally ate dairy while I was traveling. There's so many different factors. But I love the pill. I love the laser. Gen- like it's like a slight heat on your skin. The okay. laser. But then, then after the laser, you do the pill, you keep the pill on for the rest of the day and night, and then you wash your face the following morning. But I just love how overall my skin is just brighter, um, where I don't, even the fact that I have breakouts, my skin is still just glowy, it's just more healthy. I love it, love it, love it, love it. Did you notice results instantly, or did it take a while? It took, I would probably say the next week is when I noticed, because it's going to be slight, you're going to have slight peeling, slight dryness. Okay. But it was like the next week. I, even now, like I notice, like my, I feel like my pores have shrunk. No, your skin looks great. Thank you. When you walked in the day, I was like, damn, okay, Kia. Really? Yeah. And that's like, you guys don't <laughs> understand. Like, I, that's like one of my biggest insecurities is my skin because I've been struggling. I've struggled with uh, cystic acne for some time now. It's like it goes up and down. But now it's just like it is what it is kind of thing. Like it's it's making me focus on self and internal like what foods am I eating? You know, how I'm, how am I dealing with stress? It's just, you know, it's that sometimes we need that grounding. Your skin breaks out for me. You know, sometimes the stress, it manifests in other ways. Absolutely. And so mine is my skin and it tells me, girl, you got to calm down, relax. Yeah. I've been dealing with a lot of just anxiety. I've been feeling rushed lately. And so this week I've just been really focused on just being present I and what that if, means. if that rushed feeling is because the end of the year is coming. Mm-hmm. I know for me, I've been feeling that as well. And I know, well, at least I think it's because November is here in two days and then December and then it's 2020. And I'm like, I mean, 2021. And I'm like reflecting on, damn, I was supposed to accomplish all these things this year. I haven't done it. I got two months to get this shit done. <laughs> right. And then the the not even the stress of doing this podcast is because we've been putting it off for so long. It was right. like we had to get done. We had to buckle down and do it. And I was a little nervous uh, about sitting down. I'll be honest with you guys. It's just like I'm a visual person. I'm a visual artist. How I connect with people is through 
it's through visuals. It's through energy, the energy people can okay. see through my Instagram or my YouTube videos, whatever that means. And so it was just like, I know these, I know they fuck with me visually, but do they fuck with my voice? Do they actually under, want to hear what I have to say? So I was struggling with the fact, like, how would I connect with you guys? And I think it's just being, being authentic. Always. Yeah. Being authentic, being my an, real self. Another avenue right. of the same thing that we are already doing. Mm -hmm. for the most part y'all yep. just can't see us yeah right <laughs> i mean y'all know what we look yeah. like you know <laughs> um do i have any more hot or not nah, i think that's it oh there's a not so i didn't get it i it, it's not my thing but i saw it on the internet and i just have to talk about it what is it gucci has these tights mm -hmm. have you seen them i haven't so the tights are just pantyhose with rips in them Oh, I did see them. They're $190. For the rips. For the rips. That you can do yourself. Absolutely. My, We've been doing all, that since all of one. my tights rip by the end of the winter. $190. They, and I'm just wondering who is spending $200 on these ripped pantyhose? The hype beast. But you can go to CVS and get some for $3. And they don't, you got to think when you're speaking from a place of privilege, of wealth, of money, like that's work. Even now, like, you know, my, my, how I got into this was DIY, right? And yeah. so now it's just like, I'm not about to, like, sometimes I feel like, why would I make it when I could just go buy it? So it's right. like a laziness kind of thing. You yeah. know, it's just like, I don't want to rip up my own tights. <laughs> I want to make, but then it's like, what are we paying for? They're just paying for the name. And no one even knows. That. If exactly. I see you walking down the street with ripped up tights, I am not going to know they're Gucci. Right. At all. So then that's, we bring up consumerism. Do Are we paying for the name? Are you paying for the prestige? Or are we paying for design? Like, what is it that gets people to spend their money? Like, if you had $190 to spend freely. Right. I think it's the prestige. I think it's it's the ability to say. That they're Gucci. These are Gucci. Yeah. So when someone comments, why, why is stockings ripped up? Yeah. They're Gucci. So uh, also... Beyonce dropped her Ivy Park line with Adidas. It was yesterday. It sold out in like two seconds. Always. So what did you think about the collection? I feel like y'all going to cancel me because I am not a fan. I, I mean, wasn't a fan either. Okay. I'm not really, it's not for me. Yeah. And that's okay. Yeah. It's not for me. I um, think that's the thing. It's I'm not a, for me. I'm a streetwear girl. Like I love cozy loungewear. But even when Beyonce had House of Darion, like those jeans weren't for me. They weren't for um, me. Beyonce's style is very specific to her and to her niche. And I think she does that very well. And but being someone who's into streetwear, into like fashion, fashion, a lot of the stuff that she puts out just isn't for me. I do have some Ivy Park stuff because I just wanted that as memorabilia from her first first launch. Yeah. But um, yeah, I just left it to the girls who who's it who it is for. Same. That's how I feel. I mean, no shade to her of at course. all. It just isn't. We love me. Beyonce over here. We would never. We love what she love. represents, and you know, she is that girl. But the Ivy Park and Adidas line just, it wasn't for us. Right. Yeah. Agreed. Moving on. <laughs> the social dilemma. Yeah. We're a little late with this. It's been a while since it's been out, but I feel like this is, this topic is coming up a lot in conversations as new apps, new programs, new iPhones begin to come into play. And especially with this election that's coming into play. So we really have to look at how these apps are using our data and just, you know, ethics. Influencing us. Yeah. I mean, we're That's on this podcast talking about influence. Right. And the truth of the matter is half of the influence is from influencers and content creators. The other half of the influence is coming from the app. Yeah. They're tracking 
who you follow, what you like. Even if you don't like an image, you don't engage with something, they are tracking how much time you spend looking at I, an image. That was wild to me. So if uh, let, let our listeners know if they aren't familiar with The Social Dilemma, what that is. So The Social Dilemma is a, would you say it's a documentary? Yeah. A documentary on Netflix that um, chronicles social media, basically. They talk to a bunch of execs that used to work for Google, um, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. And these people have insider scoop and stories about the way that social media is basically manipulating us. Yeah. I don't. Do you think it's manipulating? I think so. My biggest takeaway was probably, you know, how we think our phone is listening to us. Like if you think your phone is listening to us, there's plenty of times we thought about a product and we seen it on our screen. I don't think our phones are listening to us, but I think that is designed exactly how it's supposed to be designed. Yeah. That means the app is working. Yeah. But don't we want technology to expand with our interests? Don't we want things catered to who we are? Like, don't we like convenience? Like, there's a double-edged sword. We can't have one without the other. I think the question comes into play, are they offering us convenience or are they offering us a seat in the matrix? I mean, Wh- like, which is the, what is the difference? Like, if I see a product that I don't need mm-hmm. and then it piques my interest to buy it, because what happens when you buy something is your brain gets a boost of serotonin or dopamine. You get excited, you get happy, even mm-hmm. if the purchase doesn't come yet. Right. And so that's an, that the, those same hormones or chemicals are released when you're addicted to something. When you're addicted to meth, you get a hit of meth, those feel-good chemicals are released in your brain. And speaking of drugs, only drugs and social media refer to their uh, customers as, as users. users. Yeah. yeah, so if, if we're users, where do influencers fit in this are we the pushers where's the pushers we're the drug dealers we're the drug dealers so if i'm gonna be the drug dealer i'm gonna be the biggest drug dealer the kingpin. Yes. i'm like frank <laughs> lucas in here but i ain't going to jail <laughs> yes 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 so pablo escobar okay? pablo pablo escobar in here noriega we listen <laughs> so i think what i really want people to understand is when you're using an app if you're not paying for that app understand that you are the product if you're not paying for the product or the service you are that right so they're going to take your data. They're going to take the way you you move and interact with the app, and they're gonna they're gonna do what they please with it. Yeah. You can read the privacy statements or the no privacy policy. Reading they're, that, not, Kia. they're not. It's thirty five pages long. I know. We just sign up for shit and sign our lives away. Right, but we have to have we have a stake in this as well. We yeah. have responsibility to make sure that we are being responsible with our with our images and our privacy on social media. One thing that I started doing, I signed up for the service called One Password. And so for each and every account that I have a password for, it'll generate a very unique 26 character mm-hmm. password and it'll store it like in an encrypted way because we have to really watch a lot of mine, I used to keep the same password for a lot of things. And so if they get one, they'll have them all. Yep. And so we just have to protect our privacy, protect our intellectual property, our information a lot better. We do have a say so. Absolutely. But, you know, just just, you know, but at the same time, we want to engage. We want to be a part of social. We want to, you yeah. know, social media is fun. You know, we it make is. our money from it. And, <laughs> and it's not just fun. It's honestly one of the only ways that we are interacting with other humans right now. Right. Because of coronavirus. Definitely. Like, when you think about it, on a, on a weekly basis, when I was going out, I was probably interacting with maybe 20 to 100 people 
a week, mm-hmm. you know, and now that's dwindled down to my boyfriend and you. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Which brings up a new app that is on the market. It's called Clubhouse right now. It's invite only. It's a voice messaging uh, platform to where it's like podcasts. It's like how we're chatting right now. We could create our own room. And so right now it's in the beta stages and it's invite only. And what I love about the app, it is it really allows you to connect like that human connection that we've been lacking for the last couple of months. You're able to connect with people online that you might have never been able to connect with. Like I've been in rooms with, you know, Jess Blaze, Lupe Fiasco. It's just amazing to be able to just interact with people. Can you talk back? To them? Yeah, you can talk back. So oh, like how it works, like you say, if you wanted to create, you create a room and you're automatically the owner, the moderator, then people from the audience can raise their hand and you can bring them on stage. So now it's like podcasts or like a panel back and forth conversation. I love it. It's, it's a way to network. I, originally, that app was created by venture capitalists to talk about whatever they talk about. Money. Big bills, <laughs> the coins, right? And but they wanted to um, make the app more accessible and my, more diverse so that's how, you know, you know, black people, they said we're like almost half the users, but we make up 65% of the most engaged users. Wow. And this app is not black owned. And it also uses the face of a black woman as like the app avatar. Wow. Yeah. So, but there is a competing app called the cookout that's supposed to come out that is specifically for the culture that is has the same similar format is it by us is it for it us is for us? us by us okay um right now they are accepting i think you can apply on the website but i'll, I'll send all that to you so you can apply and get okay. on even yeah. though like i sent her to an invite to clubhouse she didn't sign on like these invites like people are paying hundreds of dollars Wait, to get an invite to clubhouse i was sick <laughs> Oh yeah, probably. I didn't do anything. <laughs> Let me tell you what happened. I was out. It was the day that I could walk again. You guys mm-hmm. had horrible back issues last week and finally got a shot and I'm able to walk again outside walking the dog. And I see this dude that I know. I haven't seen him in like a year walking down the street. We chop it up for like two seconds. He walks off. He, he looks back. He's like, yo, Vic, you on Clubhouse? I said, I'm about to be on there because <laughs> Kia has sent me that invite yeah, days that's, before. Yeah, I'm glad somebody influenced you to <laughs> get on there. So I got on there um, and I did kind of like peek around in some rooms. I think I was a little too nervous to actually like talk. Yeah, I'm trying to, I kind of like am still figuring out like my space um, on this app. And I think it's definitely for opportunities because a lot, there's a lot of people from these brands. There's a lot of influencer marketing people. That's what I saw. All I saw was like PR, marketing and celebrities. Yeah. So it's a great place to network. We have platforms. A lot of these people don't and they just want to get up there and just hear themselves talk and then always saying piggyback and all these, like they just, you know, (laughs) in any, even in, in person, there's that person that monopolizes the conversation. Yeah. You know, so it's, of course, it's going to transfer over into to social media. So I'm glad that people finally have a platform to, to talk what they want to talk about. But at the same time, for me, I'm just there to listen, to really learn and just connect with people that can op- give me opportunities. Yeah. To be honest. Yeah. I'm going to get on it. Yeah. This weekend. <laughs> That's what I'm going to do this weekend. But I've been on that app like every single day. I start the day with Clubhouse. I see like what rooms are popping, you know, what conversations are going on, like we was having a crazy conversation the other day just about social media, influencer marketing. I've been learning so much, like just off the strength of learning. And like I mentioned, it's still in a beta phase. So you, you have to get an invite from somebody who's already on the app. So you it also creates that elitist 
um, yeah, mentality. I got one invite. Y'all. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Go, one golden ticket. But the thing is, like, you want to make sure that who you invite is actually going to bring value to the platform because right. your name is always there. So if, if somebody starts walling, they be like, whose man's is this? Oh, right. Vic invited her. We're going to kick Vic off and we're going to kick her off. <laughs> right, right. So it's just it just makes you more responsible on the app. And even as somebody who has the power to invite other people, it's like who is going to bring some value to this app. Yeah. You gotta Love be selective. It. I'm here for it. Yeah. So um also there's another app that I've been kind of addicted to. It's called Among Us. It is a game. Oh no. And it's about finding the imposter. So you're playing with a bunch of people, you're on like a spaceship. And the objective is to <laughs> if you're a crewmate, you have to complete these different tasks around the ship. Okay. And then if you're an imposter, you have to like maneuver you have to like sabotage the ship and also kill some of the crewmate without them finding out who you are. So every time somebody's killed, if you find a body, you report it and then you have a meeting, you discuss okay. who's the imposter, who's the imposter, you know? So people's like, who, where, where, you know, you have to be a little, you know, conniving. Yeah, it seems <laughs> like a murder mystery type it of It's so, so vibe. good. But like, you're literally playing with like 12 year old, 12 year olds. I was playing with my nephew who's 13, it was, but it was so fun. It was a way for us to connect. Like he's in Jersey. I'm here, you know, was, and he loves video games. And so it was a way for us to connect. And I really, it was special. It was special to me. Yeah. And so I feel like right now with the pandemic, we're finding new and improved ways to really connect with one another. So, um, that's why I really wanted to bring up clubhouse and among us, you know? Yeah, you have to, especially now that it's getting colder mm -hmm. and depending on where you guys live, I know here in New York, things are going to start shutting down again. Like yeah. the summer was cool because we were able to sit outside at restaurants. We were able to go to the parks, but it's cold and rainy now. So in order to like? in order to have that connection, we need games. We need apps. We need different ways to connect with one another. So yeah. I, I think that these are both dope. Definitely. And like over the last couple of months, I'm an introvert. Like I spend a lot of time in introspection and just you know, being with myself, like what we do, we don't really need anybody, anybody, anyone, else, anyone else to do it. Like how I started, I flipped on my computer and I turned my, <laughs> you know, camera on, whatever. And you sit down and record, you edit, you do all these things and you don't need anybody else. But it was the fact that if I wanted to be social, I could, and yeah. now I can't. So I'm really cherishing or longing for that human connection. And what does that look like? right now yeah and you live alone yeah when you live alone it's like damn who <laughs> i'm trying to talk to somebody right, right now <laughs> me. 50 miles sick of me he is sick of me okay he is sick of it he's like what don't you have somewhere to be <laughs> you have friends mom right somewhere to go <laughs> please i love it all right so the elephant in the room yeah yeah it's happening in what four days well this election this this pot this episode is going to come out on monday on monday so tomorrow tomorrow is the we election need you guys to go out there and you know we need you to vote we need, need you, you to, to vote and uh by vote we don't mean for trump <laughs> <laughs> i stand firm on my political views yeah but we we can't influence people i mean wow <sighs> the internet does it all the time i know they do but i, I feel like we have a responsibility to not to why? not encroach on celebrities so listen, celebrities are always pubbing for their candidate. I mean, yeah. Kanye had on a Make America Great Again shirt. Or Lil had Wayne Lil yesterday. Wayne was posing with Trump. They call him Coonchie. So I, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that nigga done drunk too much lean, too much of that and purple. Fried stuff. his brain like he is so disconnected to, from the culture. It's not even funny. everything that that is that is. Uh, it's heartbreaking. It's hard because Little Wayne used to be the culture. My shit. Yeah, same. 
one of the greatest rappers, one of the greatest. He still is one of the greatest. Of course. I mean, we can't diminish that, but he is like really coonchy right now. Absolutely. I'm not with it. I mean, it's it's this this Biden 400K being taxed more is what they're really on. The thing is, if you are true, here's my people, plight. Right. If you are truly for the people, mm-hmm. that takes an amount of selflessness. Mm-hmm. And you not wanting to be taxed and voting for Trump is nothing but selfish. And but money when have hungry. they ever said that they're for the people? Black, ca- A lot of people rely on black capitalism and think that's going to be our escape from our current reality. But all you're doing is just changing the race of the person person that's oppressing exactly. the lower class so I, that that's not the solution yeah i read something once that said that most people are not striving for equality they are striving to be on top mm. they don't want to be equal you know that so i mean you know i'll leave i'll leave that there yeah so we say all that to say make sure you guys get out and there vote. and it, you know this is your god given your american whatever they want to say this right. is your right this you know our right. ancestors died and i want you to understand that our ancestors died for that choice. So yes. if you choose not to vote, that's 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 fine. But just yeah. understand that you have the freedom to to vote for whoever you want, or you have the freedom to not. Like that was one thing because I understand why some people don't want to vote. They don't believe in the system. They don't stand for either candidate. But I feel like it's greater than that. What Trump stands for is not humanity. What his what he stands for is not progression. We have to get that figment of of hatred and bigotry out. Out. So out. bye, girl. Bye, Cheeto. You got right. He got to go. He really does. Like it, that's what it boils down to. In order for humanity, cannot sustain another four years with him in office, and that's what it boils down to. I'm leaving. Period. I feel like every, people are leaving if he wins. Yeah, I think so. I don't even want to think about this. Positivity, positivity. All right. Now, the next thing is not really positive, but it is kind of funny. <laughs> where we at? Where we at? So we're about to talk about some internet beef, mm. some fashion internet beef. Wow. Do you guys know We Wore What? Do you, you know who We Wore What is? Yeah. Danielle Bernstein. Mm-hmm. So I'm she's familiar. a mega blogger, influencer. Um, she's an OG in the game. Danielle's been doing this for a while. She okay. has a couple clothing lines out, one with Macy's. I think she also has just like her own contemporary line. She's a white woman. White woman. Mm-hmm. White woman. Privileged white woman. I think she comes from money. Okay. Um, these, she, this, these things matter. Yeah, this, these this, matter. Yeah. She's been out here stealing designs. And not just one, one design. She's been stealing designs for a while now from small brands, small companies. Um, and people call her out on the internet all the time. Good. The latest thing that happened was she stole a print from a brand called The Great Eros. Eros, I'm not sure how to say it. Uh, they're a small, like a small batch, Brooklyn-based, um, I want to say mostly ethical mm-hmm. uh, brand. And what, do, what do they sell? They sell clothes. They sell um, like contemporary, trendy sort of clothes. Mm-hmm. And um, the issue was she stole or allegedly copied a print that they had. They had this print on a shirt of like women's figures and bodies, like a line drawing. And she released something very similar. They have the receipts that years prior, they sent her the item as an influencer. Um, They've worked with her in the past. So they know that she was aware of this print and of their brand. Um, They, I want to say they opened up a case against her. Good. She turns around and sues them. (laughs) The audacity. Like. She turns around and sues these people uh, on multiple counts for multiple things. I don't remember all of the details, but the Great Eros launched this 
basically cancel we wore what campaign mm. they posted on their stories they posted on their feed lots of other influencers have been posting i first saw it on the diet prada um, it's gained a lot of traction and since then a few other brands have come out saying that danielle has copied them um, stolen ideas or intellectual property from them and so i'm just really curious to see how this is going to unfold so that brings up a, a, a good conversation like imitation versus inspiration like where do we draw the line because i think that was her i remember seeing the case like briefly i think that was her comeback it was like it's not yours it was you know inspired by this and this and this like where do we draw the line and what does that look like because i know us as creators um what holds me back a lot of the times is like art is personal and to even to be able to step out there and share it with the world is is scary and for somebody to steal your idea like blatantly like we sent you a pr package and you took little what, package what we sent you right and recreated it <laughs> yes like come on girl like let's that that's privilege and i'm sure she didn't think anything of it she thought it, when you operate from a place of privilege you are cocky mm -hmm. you are arrogant yep you don't and it's subconscious that, yeah, yeah. It's you subconscious. don't even think twice right. about what you're doing it's kind of like they won't care it doesn't matter right i think it comes I'm gonna do what i want to do yeah what can they do i'm i have money I have the following. What can this little ass brand really do to me? Yeah. And I, yeah, this is a good conversation. And as influencers start creating brands and stuff, you would think that because you're an influencer, a content creator, and you create art, that you would value somebody else's intellectual property and not still. Uh, so, um, so, yeah, I, I mean, I'm not a real big fan of hers anyway. Okay. Yeah, I feel like at one point I was following her, but then I feel like she used to Photoshop her face to the gods. Oh, honey. wait a minute. There's this other page. I have to find this page, y'all. Oh, my gosh. I'm, I'm going to put it somewhere on our stories. On our or, stories. or in our uh, episode notes. Yes. Yeah. There is a page out there dedicated. My homegirl sent it to me. Dedicated to, to undoing all of the retouching that this girl has done. Y'all, it's nothing but post after post. They wow. have her photo that she's posted on Instagram. And then they, I, I think the person who runs it must be some sort of editor. They undo all of the retouching that she's done. And they show you what the picture would look like if she hadn't retouched it. It's crazy. It is crazy. But also, of course, brings up the ethical side of influencers and content creators and how much editing is too much and the reason why Instagram removed the likes and how people are actually taking their Snapchat filtered photos to plastic surgeons and, and saying I want to look like this absolutely so actually referencing back to the social dilemma um, in the documentary they reference how specifically girls preteen and teenage girls are more depressed more likely to commit suicide now and have greater anxiety than ever before. And they're attribu attributing it to social media. So what do you think is the social responsibility? Uh, is it the responsibility of the influencer or is it the responsibility of the user? Like, where do we draw the line? And I'm, what responsibility do we have as content creators to make sure the images that we're promoting and posting are aligned with just integrity? I'm torn because the thing is, this is still media. Right. Although it's not big name media, Condé Nast or New York Times, like this is still media at the end of the day. And so traditional media, when you flip through a magazine, there are, you hardly ever see unedited images. Those right. images are edited. When right. you look at a commercial or a movie, there's filters on, on those. Right. And so 
But we, at the same, and, and also you don't see that it says ad as well. So I feel right. like it comes from a, we're supposed to be everyday human beings. But we're and not. I know we're not, but it's like, it's the impression that yeah. they have. Like these, this is my home girl. You know, we're yeah. supposed to, we have to disclose when something is an ad. So should we have to disclose when something is filtered or altered in any way? I've worked with several brands that t- tell us not to put any filters, no altering on our images. And I think that's good. But at the same time, I do feel like it might be hindering on my creative expression because I don't highly filter or Photoshop my photos or like Facetune or anything. But at the same time, I love playing around with colors and filters to, to convey a certain mood or vibe. But I think that there's a difference between an artistic edit mm-hmm. and an insecure edit yeah i think that there's a huge difference and i think that she, she got the money why she just don't go get the plastic surgery so she can be happy with herself what plastic surgery the girl is editing out a little tummy bump that's like half of an inch and it ain't even no stomach there oh get snatched girl like, like, <laughs> there, there's some deep deep issues there and absolutely the fact that somebody created a whole page they got issues to it. they got issues but that was the reason why i follow her because girl she would facetune her face to the gods, like it was blurred down. I think that it's both to answer your question. I think that the, as users, we have a responsibility to ourselves mm-hmm. to create a microcosm of something that makes us feel good. If I'm following you and every time I see your pictures, it it sparks some sort of health, self-loathing or self-hate, I need to unfollow you. You're not good for me. Right. You gotta go. Right. Um, and so, so I think both. Yeah, and so over the last couple of months, like when the uh, BLM stuff was popping off and, and I did a huge purge of my social media. Um, I pretty much unfollowed all non-black women or non-black people. And, you know, I'm back centered. And to this day, I have no problem muting people because sometimes you can't offend, like people take social media so seriously. And it's like, if I don't engage with you, if I don't talk to you on a, on a everyday basis, why am I following you? Right. I don't right. If I don't connect with your content, even like following other influencers, it's just like, this isn't for me. Like, I'm not your audience. Like, yeah, I want to support when I can support, but this isn't for me. So instead of like causing rift in somebody or somebody think I have an issue with them, I'll just mute you. Yeah. I'll mute you. I think that's fair. I meet people, friends, family. Yeah. I be meeting my family all the time. I need to protect my, my peace. And then there was a time where I felt like people were trying to out black each other. Girl. <laughs> Out revolutionize each other like they I were doing it. too much i got it i got in so many so many internet arguments i will never forget this one influencer you know her. i'm not gonna say no names though yeah. she slid in my dms and she was like um what did she say that talking about black joy at a time like this was tone deaf and don't be surprised if my audience doesn't engage because I'm not talking about protests and Black Lives Matter and this and this and this. And I had to read her her rights. Girl, listen, I am an activist. I have been one since I was 16. Mm-hmm. I've been talking about this shit. I've been advocating for Black health care, Black women, Black rights, Black joy since this thing was created. I'm not going to stop the content that I'm doing because they are still killing black people. Right. They've been doing this yeah. just because you are new. And I, and I told her, I said, it's kind of like when someone becomes a Christian or any sort of new religion or you get a new relationship. I don't know if have you ever met anyone who just got baptized. 
Oh, they you would think they Jesus Christ himself. Yes. Just like somebody who just converted to Islam. Exactly. Like you're you want to share with everybody. You're a Jehovah Everything. Witness. Okay. So I feel like that about the Black Lives Matter, like the activists, the new activists. They're like, no, I'm an activist now. I can only buy black. Like people have been sliding in my DMs. Oh, I use this new toothpaste. Is it black owned? No. Oh my God. That <laughs> chill, y'all. And the fact that they ask you, go do your own research. That like people, the internet is making people dumb. Lazy. They're making them lazy. Do the work. Yeah. Do the work. Do your own work. Yeah, I could say it's black on. You gonna believe me? Right. And then you end up finding out that it's not, and now you look stupid. But also, as much as I support black people, some of the things I own and purchase are not black owned. Just not like so I'm sure that some of the things you guys own and purchase are not black owned. Yeah. You got an iPhone? Guess what, baby? It's not black owned. All these apps we own, it's not black owned. So like you gotta y'all pick and choose. Exactly. And I don't like that. Exactly. I think the, the biggest thing what we can do and what we choose to do and what we, we're going to do is going to elevate black people, black women black on this culture. platform, platform, black owned businesses, black people you should follow. And we're doing our part. And so it's up to you guys to do your part as well. Like we're human. Yeah. You know, everything that I own isn't black owned, but I always try to find a black owned business yeah. that can supplement whatever it is. I found a black owned toilet tissue company and so now i get my toilet tissue from them they actually deliver so it, it's super clutch because i'm thinking about what this pandemic looks like and what stores are going to be like in the winter and i'm yeah. not in toilet paper is something i need and how it was super scarce <laughs> in the beginning Sca of this i was just like nah. i ended up finding a toilet paper delivery company because toilet paper was scarce yep and so they're going to deliver every like two months and i'm gonna be so. good with my toilet paper but yeah i think it's a process it's a journey of trying to unlearn and constantly think black first um, because I, I feel a lot of the times it's subconscious and we think the white man's ice is colder. Yep. And so we have to, we have, we hold black businesses to a standard that we do not hold other businesses. You know, we have to give us grace. We have to understand we don't have the resources. We don't have the access that some of these bigger brands may have. And so, yeah, it's going to take two months for you to get your little whatever, but give them grace. You're not hounding down urban outfitters. Where's my order? Where's my order? Right. So if you're going to give, if anybody deserves grace, it's, it's our own. It's okay? us. Absolutely. All right. So you, we actually talked about this before. You brought it to me, but I had seen it. Yeah. It's hilarious. The private jet flex. <laughs> so apparently, so I was on Twitter and I saw this woman. She posted a photo on a, what appeared to be a private jet, you know, flexing. And then, you know, people in the comments were commenting how, you know, no, it's a studio that you can rent that kind of looks like a private jet. And it was like this whole conversation about, you know, ethics and, you know, stunting and flexing and yada, yada, yada. So I was just like, oh, that's very interesting. Like, would I, would I do it? Would you rent out a private jet? Fuck no. <laughs> yeah. Internet culture is, 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 a, is a lot. Influencer culture is a lot. It's, it's, it's doing too much. I, but the thing, okay, so here's the thing. Again, I go back to, it's still media. Yeah. Like how many times do you open up a magazine and you see somebody on a private jet and we know it's a set because it's a coach luggage ad or whatever it may be. But like, we're not giving that same grace to these influencers. Like they're doing a luggage ad. Why can't they just? Right, it's, it's content. And a brand, you, have, you guys have to understand, those of you guys who are not content creators, a brand gives you a budget 
and they give you a creative brief and they want you to execute it to the best of your ability. And if that means renting out a space that looks like a private jet or someplace in Bali or Morocco, then some people see fit. Like even on a smaller scale, I know a lot of influencers who rent out peer space, like Mm -hmm. spaces or hotels to shoot their content. I've bought, I've shot some content in like hotel bathrooms before, but I've never did like peer space specifically for shooting content but that's that's us on a smaller scale as well you know that's not somebody's uh bathroom you know that's not somebody's living room or their bedroom but they thought in order to achieve this vision that they would use their resources to to make it to the best of their ability and i think that means the culture is changing and it's also sophisticating that that's telling you you have to step your game up step your content game up yeah. it's not just you holding a product and taking an iphone selfie and saying hey i love this toothpaste no it's it's putting in the work yeah you know yeah. it's art i think it's art at the end of the day and you really gotta you have to grow and that isn't working anymore I agree. I've rented peer space. Yeah. I rented it for a bathroom for a, for a Shea Moisture video. Y'all I was so mad because I rented this space. I shot they were this mad? video. No, I was mad. Okay. I shot this video and they were like, no. So I wasn't going to rent another space. So then I just ended up shooting it in my bathroom and that's the one that they chose. Pissed off. Yeah. So that is also a lesson. <laughs> a lesson. What I like to do is I... I'll go over the creative brief and then I'll come up with like my own creative outline and I try to get, and what that looks like, I'll attach like mood boards, especially if it's a huge budget, huge campaign and something that I don't want to get right. I mean, don't want to get wrong. I'll make sure that I get it approved by the brand prior to shooting my content because that I've been in situations where I had to reshoot content. Like that is just, it's the, game. the worst. It's the game. But also make sure you're reading your contracts and yeah. seeing what revisions and reshoots are in your contracts. And if any. If any. And then also make sure you you follow the creative brief. Because I've, yeah. I've pushed back several times. I'm like, no, you said this. You said this. You just said this. It's all in a creative brief. And I execute it to my creative. Which is what I should have done. Yeah. Because it was done. Gra- like, I'm still going to post the video because mm-hmm. it was done great. They just. Some brands prefer a smiley holding a product then why they come to you like that just goes to show they didn't do their research at all i don't i'm not a i'm not a kiki smiley girl that's not me i'm gonna give you face honey all right (laughs) i'm gonna give you resting bitch face is what i'm gonna give and so you want smiley go to someone else someone that's not me go to someone else why like but i i think when you're renting a location i think that in order to remain authentic with your audience you have to tell them or show them, like show them on your stories. Hey guys, today I'm shooting a, a travel, some travel content and I've rented out this private jet place. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I think that people will, the content will resonate with mm-hmm. them more. And it's, it's kind of cool. It's like, it's oh, authentic. It's yeah. behind the scenes. Let's people see this behind the scenes. When you take them along exactly. the journey, they want to see the behind the scenes um, process because yeah, we know what the final image looks like, but how did you get there? Take them on that journey. Yes. You'll connect more with your audience. It's more relatable. It's You'll more inspire authentic. them. Yep. So I, I'm not against the private jet flex. Mm-hmm. I'm, a, if, I'm against what it stands for. If you are flexing. Right. If you're showing behind the scenes, that's different. But if you just like, girl, me and my boo on a private jet. Meanwhile, you in somebody's living room. Right. <laughs> Meanwhile, <laughs> you talking about, oh, we don't, we don't, you know, we use this. We change in weather. Change We're, Change with passport tatted. <laughs> when y'all start flexing, y'all y'all do this to yourselves. Cause like the your your audience is gonna fuck with you, and that's the thing they gonna ride for you. But when you start trying to be deceptive, who needs a private investigator when you have Twitter? 
girl these black twitter, people black twitter at that. <laughs> they will find where you live nah, they, done they will zoom people. in nah. honey look i see that address right there mm-hmm. they shot this in milwaukee right, right. <laughs> social media is 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 a hell of a drug and we have to watch what we post on social media yeah. like r.i.p pop smoke i think about him posting that address all the time and i'm like if he didn't post it like would he still be alive today no so we really know. have to protect yeah. our privacy even posting the location of your re- the restaurant you're at at that moment. I I'm do like, it after. Yep, definitely do Always it after. When I, leave. I was just like, it's it's so many different scenarios. I think about when those natural hair events used to be really popping, right? And so, you know, you're at this event where you're meeting so many people. Who is to say that somebody is not out there? They're gonna wait for you, follow you home. They are now. They know where you live. I know someone that that happened to. Wow. And then she got a restraining order on someone she didn't know. Got a restraining order on him, had another event maybe three weeks after the incident happened, and he showed up. And she, I was at the event with her. I was hosting the event. We both were. She ended up leaving the floor and like going to hide in the back until this person had left. So how do, what, what do we do to prevent that? What Hire security? What Circle the block? Like, look, I'm from Brooklyn. I, I, like, I've dated what? my fair share of drug dealers, okay? I'm going to be honest. And so, yeah. <laughs> but like, how can you win? I mean, granted, right now, no one's having events. But when we were and you're hosting something, you have to post, hey, I'm going to be here on I'm going to be at Curl Fest Sunday from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. Stop by the Target booth and check me out. Anybody and they mama can roll up on you. Anybody is fair game at that point. So, I mean, I mean, you're right. We do have to be more careful, more diligent about this. But 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 how what is the silver lining? I don't know. We're in COVID now and we're not going anywhere. Nowhere. I mean, we know, you know, especially at the Airbnb thing that we do, you know, we'll post about the Airbnb after After. we leave, you know, for safety reasons. We'll post about the hotel after we leave. And I think that also builds up that anticipation. People know that they're going to come back to your page because you're going to post it. So that's also another tactic to just get people back to your page later on to just see, you know, where you actually stayed at. Engaging or or you could have a Finsta and just post everything on your Finsta. Do you have a Finsta? Crickets. <laughs> so I want to say I definitely have a Finsta. It has zero followers and I'm following zero people and it's so peaceful. This is not an, a reason for you guys to go try to find my Finsta. It is totally not connected to my main account or anything like that. Um, I just I just wanted to get back to peace and just posting what I like and just being inspired. Um, you know, kind of like what Tumblr was for us and kind of like what Instagram was when it first started. I need... So a lot of my creativity is linked to my job. And so Vic actually put me on to this book called The Artist's Way. And so I haven't started it, but I'm very excited and interested in the idea of just expanding my artistic abilities and seeing where my creativity can take me. So I'm going to use this page to just document um, all the creativity that I go through and all the art and just really exploring that. So thank you for that. I love that. You're welcome. Influencing the influencers. Hey. Yeah, we love to see it. So I have a Finsta, but I don't call it that. I call it a creep account. Oh, well, those are two totally different. Like, oh, I have are? a Finsta okay. where I post and then I have oh, okay. a creep account where, okay. I, like, where, follow, creep? where I follow the shade room. Okay. Where I, you know, check up on, Ex-boos? you know. No. Oh. No. At all. Like, if there's something that I, I want to see. I know you do, because that's just you. You won't do that anyway. <laughs> but me, I honestly do not care, one. But I do have the page so I can, like, follow, like, the, the Ratchet accounts. I don't want that on my okay. current accounts. So, like, the Shade Room, Baller Alert, 
Cardi B, things like that. Or if I want to watch somebody's story and I don't want them to know that I watched it. Okay. You know, it's not somebody that I follow. I think that's kind of weird for people to watch a story. Well, why are you watching their story if you don't follow them, Kia? Like, I'm nosy. I'm on social media just like y'all, right? Right. And so, but I don't do no shenanigans in my burner account, but I also have a burner account on Twitter for the so I can actually tweet what I really be feeling because uh, I can't say everything, right. but I do have a burner account on Twitter as well where I can just get real raw. And I probably have like three followers. It's probably my homegirls, and we just be kikiing. Like, yeah. Maybe I need a burner. I think account. it's I think it's healthy. I mean, as long as you're not using it to like stalk somebody or right, be an internet bully, being a bully. Like, yeah. So burner account is not the same as a troll account. Okay, they're right. two totally different things. I think it protects your mental health. Um, it gives you a space of clarity. Like I was saying, as my, as far as my Finsta, it's where I'm going to document like all my, my art and all those things. Um, but yeah, I think when you're so public, you have a, such a public life or public page, a huge platform. I think sometimes we need those outlets. I agree. It was, it, it's been really weird meeting people and them asking me, what's your Instagram? I don't, I, I'm almost uncomfortable giving people my Instagram at this point. I want you to get to know me outside of this app because I know that when you go there and you see, oh my gosh, you got this many followers, then you're going to ask questions and your your interest is going to be piqued for something else that isn't in this moment, in this present moment. I don't give men my Instagram. I tell them I'm not on social media at all. And so when I was into doing online dating, which one of the reasons why I stopped doing it is because somebody actually found me on Instagram and DM'd me. What? How inappropriate was that? That was so weird to me. Or it'll be people like, oh, yeah, I follow you on Instagram or this. I'm like, nah. So so online dating wasn't for me. It was very short stint. If you guys remember, I kind of like documented it last year. It was fun. It was something different. It was something new. Um, I wanted to try it out for research purposes and also, to you know, just to see to see what it is, what it's giving. I learned a lot about myself. I learned a lot about men and just dating and just people in general. And I just realize it's not for a chick like me i need to feel energy same a lot of these people are weirdos a lot of these people is no con- i don't have no connection with you how can it's words on a screen how words can, on a screen how can you i i've i downloaded hinge mm-hmm. the week before i met my boyfriend wow and i had one conversation with a dude and then i deleted it before i met him i, I was like what the fuck is this Let this me is weird this. it was it was a boredom thing for me too because it's just like you know something to do because a lot yeah. of the times i'll give out my number and just i won't respond or i'll give out my number and we'll just be oh, you like got, pen you the girl giving yes. light-skinned girls a bad name <laughs> i definitely will leave you on red like i have no problem leaving you on red and period so i was just like oh this is not intentional so you know i've lately i've been on this whole intentional thing and so i'm like am i why am i giving this person my number i'm not gonna call you we're not gonna hang out it does not align it's not intentional so online dating just did, does not align with who i am so yeah. it's quiet for that i feel you I and do. then it was weird because you know a lot of these dating sites, especially right now during quarantine, they was they they recognized that it was their time to shine. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh wait so, a you minute. Know, they reached out. Yeah. They definitely reached out. But you know, there's power in saying no. Right. I love yeah. it. I love that for me and you. They definitely were like, Oh, y'all at home? Y'all can't go meet people in person? Yeah. We have an app for you. We definitely have an app for everything. Everything. Yo, I yeah, hinge and then I met my boyfriend. And we didn't follow each other on social media until we had been dating for over a month we ended up playing this game called we're not really strangers love it i have it and one of the questions is what does my instagram tell you about me and we were like wait 
I don't know your Instagram. That's so amazing. And it was it was really cool. That's pure. Yeah. That's so pure. To like, connect without social media interfering. So speaking of that, how are you connecting outside of social media? How are you finding ways to connect? Because we spoke about connecting via social media. How are you finding ways to connect outside of social media? The phone. Uh-huh. I used to hate talking on the phone. Yep. I'm a texter. Don't call me, text me. Same. Now I hate texting. Facts. I Call love me. leaving voice, voice messages. Same. <laughs> and I used to hate it. I used to think it was so awkward. Nah. Now I, I mean, love it. I need to hear your voice. I need to hear the tone. I, I like, I want to engage that way. So yeah, I definitely was that girl that hated talking on the phone. Like, why are you FaceTiming me? Why are you calling me? Like, why don't you just text me? Now I have no time for texting. And I also feel like, because I'm like, it take, I'm easily distracted. And so sitting down to actually text somebody is a distraction. I'm, I work using my hands. Yeah. So to be able to pick up the phone call phone, I can have put my ear pods in and have a conversation FaceTime we can have a conversation leaving you voice messages you know I can still do other things along with communicating with others so yes. it was just me being more efficient and effective with my time but still communicating same same and also like just what we do for work we're always on our phones I'm always emailing from my phone I'm always texting I'm always on Instagram like it's too much on the phone so call me yeah FaceTime me voice memo all right all right all right all right so who are you blocking this week Honestly, Kunchi. Who? Lil Wayne. <laughs> he gotta go. He has to. He has to go. He's canceled. Yeah. He canceled for me. Like canceled how far? Like you're not gonna stream his music anymore. I already don't stream it though. But if a Millie comes on, I'm rapping every word from like beginning to the end of the song, mm-hmm. but I'm not playing it. Okay. Like, I don't stream his music right now. All right. Do but you stream R. Kelly's music? Hell no. But if his song come on, you singing it? I might sing it. Yeah. I believe I can fly. That was like my fourth grade, like graduation. So like, I'm still going to sing it. <sighs> it's cancel culture is. He's not indefinitely canceled. Wayne is not indefinitely. But you're blocking canceled. him. You're telling But I'm blocking him. him. I don't, I don't need to see anything that he has to say right now. For me, I'm blocking all politicians. Everyone? Yeah. Everyone got to go. I'm, I'm just tired. Okay. I'm tired. I just need peace yeah. right now. Trump been blocked. But I'm I'm blocking all the senators, yeah. all the Congress people, everyone. <laughs> everyone gotta go. Biden, <laughs> Harris, they all gotta go. I just I I'm tired of being subconsciously influenced. Like I know who I'm gonna vote for. So, but it's just like so y'all gotta go. Like I don't, I need the next couple of days before the actual election to just be peace. For Peaceful. Me. It's not. Yeah. It's this not. is when they ramp this shit up. This is this is and it's just like once again the power of social media and how the social social media is influencing the election. Like you were speaking about the the NPR article. Yeah, there's an NPR article that really outlines the way that social media has impacted elections in the past and the way that it is now. And one thing that really stood out to me is they said that even if even if a user does not click on the article, mm-hmm. you can just see a headline and that will sway your opinion on a candidate. Yep. And that's why Twitter, like they have you, like you cannot retweet an article without opening the article. And so I was like, that's, that's kind of good because that, that forces people to actually seek information and not just go but based off headlines. Read. They don't read. So they're going to, but I do like that even though Twitter has a lot of issues, like they need to get their spam stuff, their bots, all the trolling, all the white supremacists and the Nazis off of the app. But I do like this step. I don't know how much impact it's going to make, well, so but Facebook, it makes people take responsibility for that. Facebook and Twitter, all of the major you know, social media apps, they have tried to implement, I guess, practices that will allow people to, 
think for themselves more like yeah. like having to click on the actual article but like i said studies have shown that even seeing something negative about trump will sway but who are they swaying? Like we, I feel people are, there's a very small population. I feel like that's on the fence. Like that's like, they don't know who they're going to vote. Maybe they voted for Trump last election, but now they're kind of considering Biden. But for those of us that are firm in our political stances, we know who we're going to vote for. Yeah. And the people that are kind of like need to be swayed. I don't think they're on Twitter. I don't think they're on social media. I think they're on Facebook. Yeah. That's where, that's where <laughs> y'all need to spend y'all ad dollars. I think they're on Facebook. <laughs> All right, so who should people follow this week? So I found this dope guy on Instagram. His name is Paul Beanham with an underscore. P-A-U-L-B-I-N-A-M underscore. He's like a fashion sort of influencer. He's a black guy, of course. Um, but I love the way that he tells stories with his photographs. Um, his page is sort of moody. I can tell that every shot is very intentional, um, very stylized, uh, minimalistic with muted tones. I, I just love his aesthetic. You are such an aesthetic girl. I am. An aesthetic whore. Yes, <laughs> we love to see it. Like she was doing it before the girls started doing it. I just yes. want that y'all to understand that. Like Vic been about this life. You will get into the story of how we actually, actually first met like a little later. Yes. But I've been following Vic in her journey for a very long time. And she probably was the one that really inspired me to start my style blog. And it's been like over 10 years. And wow. yeah, so I don't think she knew that, but now she does. I did. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so for my follow of the week is Alex Wolf. She is a tech culture and business influencer. And she really drops the knowledge. Like she breaks it all the way down. They, I think somebody coined her the, a tech philosopher. Oh. Yeah, she's super dope. And she, you know, she has tons of courses. You can subscribe to her newsletter. Like, she drops all the gems. I think you guys should should tap in. And her handle is A-L-E-X-W-O-L-F. Alex Wolf. Shout out to her. Uh, What else? Black-owned businesses. All right, so my Black-owned business of the week is Nilu Harlem's Gift Boutique. I actually visited this past week, owned by a couple, Katrina and Mark, husband and wife duo. It's an amazing gift shop of just all, they have a lot of Black-owned art, and a lot of their vendors are Black, and just independent artisans and makers. So it's not completely Black-owned, like all the vendors inside, but they they are committed to... Uh, bringing more black owned artisans into the business. And they just have so many different gifts. They have um, magnets, fragrance, coffee table books. Are they online? They also are online. Dope. Make sure you guys, uh, we'll leave all, all the Instagrams and all the accounts that we're following, but I just love what they stand for. And Harlem is amazing when it comes to black business, the black renaissance, just a, a staple in our culture. And so I love, love, love that this bookstore or gift shop is there. I need to go. I think I've only been to Harlem once. Now nah, you have like, like Harlem is beautiful. Like I'm born in Brooklyn, native Brooklynite, but my grandmother was actually from Harlem. Dumb. And so that's my connection there in Harlem. Harlem is heaven is what they say. I love it. Okay. <laughs> so this weekend I'm taking a trip to Harlem. Anything else? That was it. Okay. So my black owned business I found on Instagram this week, it's called Bread Beauty Supply. Have you heard of them? No. It's a hair care company. Mm -hmm. You know I'm about aesthetics. Yes, you are. Listen, the branding is on point. I ordered some hair oil. They have a shampoo, a conditioner, hair oil, and I think some scrunchies. But the branding and the aesthetic is what caught my eye. 
I saw a bunch of black women on the page. I'm like, this is black owned. Found out who the owner was. And yes, it's black owned. What's um, the name again? Bread Beauty mm-hmm. Supply. Bread, like a piece of bread. Got it. Oh, they follow me. Shout out to them. Oh, hey. yes. It's giving aesthetic. See? It's giving aesthetic. So but gonna- you know, everybody is about that aesthetic life and everybody wants to be down with the dip set. And so they always have black faces. Right. No. But they are black. They owned. Are That's black owned. which is which is why I checked, because I was I'm like, mm, are they just using black women to promote to, for the aesthetic or is this actually a black owned brand and a black woman owns it and created it? I would love the inspiration behind the to learn the inspiration behind the name like bread, like bread and butter. Like, like what? Yeah, this is this is this is it. This is I'm going to try. I, I ordered the hair oil to try it. So we'll see. We will see. Well, I like this little branded bag. This is really cute. The, is it the clear one? Yeah. Yep. Really, really cute. Um, let's, so we're going to wrap up this episode with just some encouraging words or advice. Yeah. I think we'll wrap up every ex- episode like that. Definitely. Definitely. Do you want to go? You want me to go? You go. All right. Mine is, uh, just do it. Mm. You know, the internet is a huge place. There is room for all of us. There's room for me, Kia, you guys, if you're interested in creating a blog, being an influencer, a podcast, a YouTube, whatever it may be, just do it. Don't worry about if you're too late, if the market is oversaturated, you never know what could happen. And my encouraging words would be just listen to your body. I think that's what me and Vic have learned over the last couple of weeks is like, slow down, you know, slow down, relax, relax. For yeah. real, breathe. Yes. Like you got it tattered on you. I was like, <laughs> I need to get one that told breathe. Mine says live. Cause I was, but I was doing, I've been doing a lot of living. Now I need to relax. <laughs> we both need relax. <laughs> Thank you so much, guys. Where can they find us, Vic? So you can find me at the Vic Styles. And me at the Notorious KIA. And us at the Content Queens. No, yeah, it's not the, it's just Content Queens. It's just queens. Content Queens. And we want to make this as interactive as possible. So, you know, we can't run successfully without you guys' input. I don't think so. So definitely send us any questions, any comments, any concerns that you may have. You can shout, get a, give us a DM on Instagram or on Twitter. We have the same name on both Content Queens. Or you can also email us at contentqueens at gmail.com. Absolutely. And that's it. That's a wrap for our first episode. That's a wrap. How, do you, how are you feeling? I feel good. Me too. It was that easy was- breezy. Once we got into that conversation, it was over. Like, we can do this all day long. Yeah. We hope you guys found it helpful, insightful, and, you know, you're going to continue to rock with us because we just getting started, baby. Absolutely. Next week, we will be back, and we're going to talk about how we actually got started mm-hmm. with content creation. Is it too late for you to start? Mm. What What do you need to start? Right. What's the difference between a content? What is a content creator? What's an influencer? We're going to dive into all that next week. We'll see you guys next week. Love you. Bye. Later.